In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Henry Nouwen, who is a highly regarded priest and psychologist, died a few years ago, has taught me a great deal about the spiritual life of what it means to be called beloved. He learned to articulate that concept from his own experience because he began to work with people with developmental and intellectual disabilities in Canada. Uh, There's a great book that he wrote called Adam, if you ever get a chance to read that. It tells you a little bit about his frustration with these people who couldn't talk to him. And he had to learn to communicate with them in a different way. And he began to understand, oh my gosh, maybe they are filled with God's Spirit in ways that I'm not. Maybe they are even more special than I am in their life and in their world. But he begins to talk about what it means to be the beloved of God. And he's had such an influence on me that I like to think that in my ministry over 40-some years, um, it has influenced me to begin to think of everyone I meet first as God's beloved, and then I'll sort out the details later. So often, though, people grow up hearing a different voice, right? They don't feel very loved. So often it's parents or the bullies in the schoolyard or just society itself saying, if you're the least bit different, you're not okay. If you're the least bit challenged, you can't make it at all in the world. Or if you're a woman, or if you're a person of color, or whatever it is. And there's this voice that they keep hearing. And sometimes that voice says, if you want to be loved, you'd better prove your worth. You better prove that you're worth being loved. You've got to show something for it. But what I would like to say is that the spiritual life is a life in which you gradually learn to listen to a different voice, a voice that says, you are the beloved, and on you my favor rests. You ever hear that voice? You are my beloved, and on you my favor rests. Jesus heard that voice. He heard that voice when he came out of the Jordan River. And I'd like you to hear that voice too today because it's an important voice for all of us to hear. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. I love you with an everlasting love. I have molded you together in the depths of the earth. I have knitted you in your mother's womb. I've written your name on the palm of my hand. I hold you safe in my embrace. You belong to me, and I belong to you. You are safe where I am. Don't be afraid. 
trust that you are the beloved because that is who you truly are. Hear that voice. It's not always a loud voice. It's an intimate voice. It comes from someplace deep. It might be soft and gentle, and maybe you gradually learn to hear it and understand it. But we all have to hear that voice and to believe for ourselves that that voice that we hear is speaking the truth. It tells us who we are, not who someone else wants us to be. And that's where spiritual life begins, by hearing, or dare I say, by claiming the voice that calls us beloved. And once we hear this voice, like Jesus did coming forth out of the waters of his baptism, we can learn to live the life of the beloved. So Henry Nouwen suggests that there are four words that are helpful to us in living out our life as the beloved. And they're words that come out of Scripture Uh, from the multiplication of bread to the Last Supper to the road to Emmaus. They're used constantly to talk about the life of a community of faith as people come together. And they are basically these words. He took, he blessed, he broke, and he gave. So to be taken, to be blessed, to be broken, and to be given is the summary of the life of Jesus himself, who was taken by God, chosen, blessed by God, broken on the cross, and given to the world. And in some ways, it's also the summary of our life, because just as Jesus, we are beloved. So first we are taken— or perhaps a better word is we are chosen by God. That means that we are seen by God as being precious. We are seen by God for all the glorious things that make us an individual. We're precious in God's eyes. In this world, it might seem like others are more precious or that others are being chosen and we're not. But in God's mystery, being chosen doesn't mean that anyone else is excluded. It just means that they're chosen and we're chosen, but differently, in different ways, for different reasons. In fact, the more we know then that we are chosen by God, that we are seen to be precious for all the ways that we are unique, the more we'll realize that our friends and all people are seen to be chosen and precious for all the reasons they're not like us. Many people have a very hard time believing that they're chosen. They suffer from the feeling that they're not wanted, not desired, They've lost touch with the truth that they're chosen by God and that they really matter. It's hard for them to be in touch with that voice inside 
because so often people on the outside say it so clearly, I don't like you, I don't want you, I don't want you to be here, why don't you go away? So the life of the beloved starts by trusting that we are chosen even though we're unique and that we are special and precious in God's eyes. The second aspect of the quality of the life of the beloved is that we are also blessed. It's important that you and I experience that truth that we are blessed. The word benediction means literally bene, good, and diction word. It's a good word that someone speaks to us. In fact, we could even say, you are good, and that's a blessing. We need to know that good things are being said of us, that people care about us, that the work we do matters, that our presence matters. We really need to trust that. Otherwise, if we don't feel blessed, we can't bless others. And so sadly, so many people don't feel blessed. If you don't mind, I'll tell a night ministry story. Oftentimes when I was walking the streets at night, people would ask for a blessing. So it's kind of hard to always know what they mean by a blessing or what kind of blessing they're expecting. So I would try different things out when I was a young night minister. And so maybe if they yelled something, Father, give me a blessing from across the street, you know, I'd hold up my hand and do the cross and the bless you, bless you, just something simple. And that was fine in certain circumstances. When I was with someone, sometimes I would do kind of a baptismal blessing, you know, just do the cross on the forehead, a cross on their heart, a cross on their hands, and tell them that God was blessing them in the way they think, in the way they speak, the way they feel, in the things that they do. And so that was a nice blessing, sometimes I thought. Uh, Sometimes I would just take their hands and we'd say a prayer together. A lot of different ways to bless someone, right? And so after a couple of years of doing hundreds of prayers and blessings with people on the street, one woman that I'd seen several times over the years said, Father, today I'm giving you a blessing. And she hugged me and would not let me go. I could barely breathe. She was hugging so tightly. And she said, "Uh, God, this man is important in my life. You keep him safe. You keep him coming here because he's important for this community. People need to know that they are loved. And this is the one who can tell them that. People need to be reminded of your presence and his presence here in our neighborhood. And she just went on and on probably for 15 minutes of me barely able to breathe. But all of this incredible affirmation about the importance of the work that Night Ministry was doing and particularly in her neighborhood, that was a blessing. So then I got to think, well, maybe 
the little cross on the forehead was nice, but I began to say, if you want a blessing, maybe I will have a blessing for you, but it might change your life. And then I began to do more and more prayers and blessings that were good words to decent people in tough circumstances. It's very important that when we are in touch with our own blessedness, that we can then bless others. And that is such an important part of what God is calling us to do and to be for each other. People need our blessing. People need to know that their God and that their family in faith bless them and everything that they do in Jesus' name. So we're chosen, we're blessed, and then we are broken. We are broken people. You and I know deep down inside that we're broken, and unfortunately so much of our brokenness has to do with relationships, right? If you ask me what it is that makes us suffer the most, I think it's often because the people that we want to hold on to us don't or can't, people that we trust hurt us, people that we think we know we don't know. Wherever there is love, there's a good chance there's also some pain. Wherever there are people who really care for us, there is also the pain of sometimes not being cared for enough. So what do we do with our brokenness? Henry Nouwen teaches us again that as the beloved of God, we have to dare to embrace it, to befriend our own brokenness. We should not say, I'm tired of this, I want to get away from this, heal me, take away all of my brokenness, just let me go back to the way it was. And that's a huge challenge for us, right, to do that. Rather, he would say, embrace it and use it, use it in reaching out to others. One of the hard things to teach seminarians, and I've had a lot of students that have followed me around in congregational life and with night ministry, one of the hardest things to teach a student pastor is that pastors can't fix everything, right? You can't fix everything. I can't fix everything. So what happens so often is in moments when we need to console one another, I bring my brokenness, you bring your brokenness, and we sit and we invite God into that moment. And God helps us not necessarily fix it, but learn from it, be inspired by it, realize what role it plays in our life. If we think we're broken and we want to get away from that brokenness and we deny that fact, then we sometimes then live under the darkness of the brokenness. 
and that only leads to something worse. But Henry Nouwen is inviting us to live in the light and with our brokenness. It's to put it under God's blessing, to live it as people for whom good things can and will happen, but not always and necessarily. To remember the power of God's grace in our life and the power of God's comfort and the power of hope that will not disappoint us even in the midst of suffering and pain. So if we live our lives as people who are chosen, blessed, and broken, then we can give of ourselves. Jesus says, It is good for you that I die, because when I die, I can give you my spirit, and you will bear much fruit in your life. I really believe that that's his call to us to do the same, to give of ourselves. And I believe the greatest fulfillment of the heart is in giving, to give ourselves. Not the most scientific example, perhaps, but I sometimes like to ask people, if you win the lottery, what are you going to do with the money? That kind of tells you where people's values are, right? And so most everybody says, well, I'll pay off my bills. I'll go on a trip. But usually people say, and then I'll give to the poor, or I'll help my church, or I'll do something that makes someone else's life better. And isn't that what this is all about? So we've been blessed and we're sent out to make other people's lives better. We are a people chosen by God, blessed and broken and given for others. Our life can and will bear immense fruit. The people who have lived as the beloved continue to bear fruit sometimes even long after they've died because their memories inspire us to live our life faithfully. Think about certain people in history or people that have nurtured you in your faith and your life, and we continue to bear fruit because of their example. You are my beloved, and on you my favor rests, says God. Today, the reminder is for you, for me, for everyone here to hear that, that God is saying to you, I love you with an everlasting love. I have molded you together in the depths of the earth. I have knitted you in your mother's womb. I've written your name in the palm of my hand, and I hold you safe in the shade of my embrace. I hold you. You belong to me. I belong to you forever and ever. You are safe with me wherever we go. Don't be afraid. And trust and know that you are beloved. Because that 
is who you truly are. Amen.